Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the almost twice weekly podcast where we uh, go ahead and take one game and, and do a deep dive into it and kind of dissect it. Um, as a, that's a bad sort of intro this time, but as always, I'm your host, Alex. <laughs> I'm Duncan. Duncan. This week we looked at That Dragon Cancer, and I'm having a little bit of trouble getting the energy for this one right now. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. It's not, um, it's not a game that we can really be super excited about. But you know, yeah. you know what we can be excited about? That What's we're that? Back on the air, baby. Oh <laughs> yeah, fucking season two coming season at you two. hard and fast. <laughs> we uh, it came back from from the little break here. We were like, yeah, we're definitely gonna record. We're gonna keep on our our biweekly basis, and then just holidays happened and everything happened, and it was nasty. Mm. You don't need to it hear was... this. Yeah, it's, we, it's not yeah. important. But. <laughs> we did we did meet up IRL mm-hmm. as the kids say. Just as a side note, we have met up IRL before. That makes it sound <laughs> like we were just like internet friends and we met on like an aim chat room or something and that decided a it, podcast. But that makes it more like see, it makes the in, the story more interesting. <laughs> I don't want to lie to the people, Duncan. How many times have I told you this? I don't want to lie to our valuable listening audience. Fine, fine. Well, it was cool. We um we played Monster in Your Pocket. We played Mean Bean mm-hmm. Machine. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I fucking won some Mean Bean Machine, I'll tell you what. I was drinking. I was drinking, and he won Mean I Bean Machine. I was drinking, too. I was drinking more. <laughs> no, no, you were drinking the drinking same more. amount. You just weigh half as much. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is. These are all true um, facts. Um, long story short, we did play some Mean Bean Machine, um, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine for the Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. and um, it was pretty close, but the very last game, we bet all the beans on one game, and I beat Duncan, <laughs> so I think I am now Mean Bean King? Yep, you might I be. I think that's how it works. Okay. I'm the meanest bean. So, we're going to do the episode on Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> yeah, like hard <laughs> left turn. Um, we can talk about arms, the robot with arms. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't remember anyone else, but there is definitely a robot named Arms. There's a there's a know. green robot who talks about scrambling your eggs, like as an mm. insult. He's like, "I'm gonna scramble your eggs," and then it <laughs> goes right into the puzzle. It's amazing. The little you know, there's also like a dynamite pump guy. He's a, a very interesting pump. character. He has an interesting background. You know, if you read the manual, it's, it's actually actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the deep deep lore of Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, the Tetris knockoff. <laughs> Yep. Better I than mean, Tetris, that, though. Uh, arguable. Well, arguable. I enjoy it more than Tetris. I might. Tetris is pretty fucking good. But it is, but like. I mean, it does have beans. Yeah. And they are beans. mean. And they're mean, man. They are the oh. meanest beans. <laughs> okay. Should, uh, we, should we move on? Should we move on? I don't know. Can we just talk about Mean Bean Machine for another couple hours and not talk about that dragon cancer? I'd rather. Not because I don't want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it <laughs> in the sense that it just it's gonna it's gonna be difficult um, to, to bring up. So I mean, I think Doctor Robotnik himself is an interesting character. I think Doctor Robotnik is because you don't really understand his motivations um, as to why he's made these robots that are so obsessed with beans and really what is the mean bean machine? No, no, no. It's like you didn't even watch the intro cutscene. He takes the I animals. I didn't. He takes yeah. the animals and he presses them into beans. 
Oh, And every okay. time you match the beans, it releases the animals. Wow, I did not watch that intro cutscene ever <laughs> my whole life. And it's got the chicken guy and the drill guy, and those are the last two bosses before Dr. Okay. Robotnik. It's a character arc, Alex. I mean, I just, you know, it's... If we're being if we're being real, I never I never beat the game. It was a hard game. All it's right, easy. So it's not it easy. Not easy. It's not easy. But I have beaten it for the record. I am the meanest yeah. machine king. I mean, but the thing is, you're not the meanest bean, and I might be. So <laughs> look, this segment is fucking great for like anyone who's played Mean Bean Machine. <laughs> but that's a small subsection of the population of which we've carved an even smaller subsection in our audience. <laughs> So, like, the crossover between Mean Bean Machine and That Dragon Cancer, I think, is just us. If like, you, I think we're the two. If you if you ha- are listening and have interest in That Dragon Cancer and have played Mean Bean Machine, let me know. I'm just, I'm genuinely interested. I really want to know. I promise no one's going to let you know. I've never been so sure about anything in my life. Except for that no one in our listening audience is like a <laughs> hardcore Mean Bean Machine fan. My sister, me and my sister played a lot of Mean Bean Machine. So, you know, mm. maybe she'll listen to this episode. You know, maybe. I feel like we're getting, we're, we're going down a hole we can't come back from. Yeah. So maybe we should just like. I think we should just, we should just make turn. it really hard. There's no way to transition from a game that is about animals being pressed into beans and you releasing them and arms, arms, arms and scrambling eggs mm. into <laughs> this game. There's no way. So, so we can do it. We're great. Give me the give me a give me a little jaunty tune to switch us switch us to the to the next subject. Actually, don't make it jaunty because. That won't transition well into the theming of the next game. All right. Well, okay. Here's what we're going to do. First off, I hope everybody had a fantastic holiday and a happy new year. Yes. It's 20, 2017. We're coming at you hard. It's going to be a great year for a lot of different things. But now let's get that like semi-somber, mm-hmm. semi-jaunty tune coming at you in three. Excuse two. me? No, 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 no. Oh, semi-somber, okay. semi-somber, semi-jaunty? Yeah. You better you know. be finding this song for me because I'm not looking for that we'll shit. Just splice two of them together. Lap on top of one another. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Thank you for for joining us for that semi somber, semi jaunty tune we had there. Mm-hmm. Um, that dragon cancer, I never gave any of the information about. Real quick, let's go over that. Um, it was developed by Numinous Games, released on Windows, OS X, Ouya, and iOS. Came out January twelfth of twenty sixteen, and it was released for about ten dollars uh, USD. So. You can pick it up um, at any of those places and play through it. Playtime's relatively short. I think two hours, two and a half hours, two. somewhere in that range. Two. I'd say two. Um, it's a fair number. So that dragon cancer, um, I'll just give a really short synopsis. We're not going to do a full story summary this time because it's really not necessary for this type of game. Mm-hmm. Style of the game is more or less point-and-click adventure, except for no puzzles or anything like that. It's just the same style of interface. And then the game is a story told through 
both literal scenes um, interspersed with metaphorical scenes and like dream sequences of a uh, a family with a young child who at the age of one is diagnosed with um, brain cancer and sort of their journey through trying to cope with it their journey through you know different um, medical sequences different hospitals uh, different diagnoses and things like that mm-hmm. and then as the game progresses it, you know his his prognosis kind of goes back and forth but by the end of the game when it was you know when the game was actually released he does pass away at the age of i think five years old yeah five yep um so it's a little bit of a somber game yeah um uh, the the father's name is ryan the mother's name is amy the um the child with brain cancer's name is Joel, and uh, it, they have three other sons that we kind of forgot the names for, but they're not, well, they're know, not we, as big. They didn't need to know that. They didn't need to know that. <laughs> well, you know. One of them's named Isaac. One of them's named Isaac. So if, we, if we're referencing any of the other kids, they're all going to be named Isaac. Cool? Cool. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, good, good. I want to I wanna, I wanna give a little... I want to give a little uh, spiel here uh, that uh, before I give any kind of opinions about this game or have any feelings about it. And I mean, this is already an opinion about it, but you know, before I get deep into anything, I think it is, it's an amazing testament to what you can do with a game now um, in the sense that 15 or 10 years ago, you know, you would have told anybody that, um, someone could get their feelings about the loss of their, you know, young child out onto a game, like a video game, um, and what people understood video games were, you know, that, you know, longer time ago. And now that someone is able to, that it's a more recognized art form because, you know, he could have written a book about it. He could have made a short film about it, I'm sure. But, you know, this is the art form and medium he chose. And for someone who, you know, is a, is stands up for video games as an artistic medium i feel like this is a you know there's been you know story games feeling games non-games for a long time now but i think this is in a very like different subcategory that i don't really think too many too much else has hit upon in the sense that he's taken his real personal story and put it into a um, a video game and i think there's probably not gonna end up being much like them but it's still an amazing thing that he could do and um i think that in itself is a great thing and even though if i have any issues with this game um which i do and uh critiques or criticisms for it in the end i still think it's a beautiful piece of art only for the fact that he was able to get his feelings out by developing this well said, and yeah, I obviously I I echo that, and I think it should go without saying that again. Like like Duncan said, criticisms of of this game that we have don't don't take away from anything, but also, um, and again, it goes without saying, but hearts out to that entire Green family for going through that tragedy, and mm-hmm. then uh, mad props to being able to get it out in an uh, in a form like this, which most people wouldn't be willing to even think of doing. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to um to say that we kind of forgot to say uh we also watched the documentary on it oh yeah um thanks for playing so we're gonna be we're gonna go into that as well but there's a documentary that that kind of uh, feels out exactly you know the development process the you Mm -hmm. know the some of the things with joel 
and uh, their family as a whole and you know how that all worked out during the development process and it answered a lot of questions we had about uh, how the game was made especially with certain voice clips Um, yeah for sure so let's get into this um we thought of a couple talk points here um so i'd like to kind of first bring up there this game has a, a lot of switching between metaphors um especially like you're kind of like walking through a hospital or something like that and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden things kind of start to break down and you know you could end up in this like kind of more like dream sequency area so just so you, you all know it's not all like a very like real experience um it's a lot of yeah. dream things like that so um with all the metaphors that were in there uh, can you think of any in specific that like really stood out to you as like landing or not landing you know what do you think of those generally i i actually thought most of them were pretty good mm-hmm. um they they do a lot with the theming early on you're kind of in like a, a forest park type area and you know you stop for a little audio clip next to a tree and you're surrounded by these you know enormous um like redwood style trees that reach up through the sky and then there's one that's like pure black and it's kind of sparse on branches mm-hmm. and it's not like you know it's not ridiculously clever or anything like that but i think it is very effective as you go you start to see you know that tree and becomes more populous and it starts to take form and eventually it just devolves into like you know cancerous cells and it's really um starkly contrasted against the rest of the environment and that's just kind of like you see those throughout the whole game Mm -hmm. and i think those like that was really good that style of metaphor there was one later on in the game that i didn't quite get um where you're playing as as ryan the dad and i think you like fall asleep and then all of a sudden joel is like holding on to a handful of balloons and flying through the air and they're like getting popped by cancer cells oh as you yeah fly past them and it's like a weird little gameplay moment because you can like try and dodge them um but it really doesn't but, matter i think yeah i think that was the core like meaning behind that is like it doesn't matter how hard he tries he's gonna get like you know there all of his balloons are gonna pop in the end out in the end kind of like yeah like how there's another scene where it's like an arcade um and mm. it's called like joel the baby knight and uh it's like told through like a kind of like a storybook tale and um in the end like it kind of doesn't matter how hard you try to defeat the dragon in the end which you know dragon's name is cancer uh it's mm. always going to be you know you or like you can you know he can rest or whatever like that but um yeah yeah so i i I get the inevitability of it i think it just didn't the style of it maybe just didn't quite land for me on on that particular one okay so it wasn't so much that you didn't understand it more so that you were just kind of like didn't really think it was effective yeah i mean that it almost I, I liked those little gameplay sections that they interspersed into the otherwise, you know, gameplay free um mm-hmm. story, but also I don't I it just didn't quite work for me. I mean maybe it did, like, because I, I think maybe I got the intended effect, which was trying really hard to dodge it and dodge it and dodge it, and then eventually realizing it wasn't going to matter and just giving up, which yeah. within of itself is actually like a really powerful type of of moment but yeah when i I was actually playing through it it didn't it didn't feel like that it just felt like oh okay this is this is what they're doing i get it whatever i just want to move on and see you know what else they have exactly yeah i didn't i feel like the 
that inevitability um, thought was already in place for me and I didn't need like mm-hmm. another mini, vid, mini game to tell me that or like, you know, section of the story to tell me that. So I I, I think the, the issue is it was just kind of like you're like how you said, like, I just kind of want to go on to the next thing. Um, yeah, but. Again, it was it was kind of cool how it starkly contrasted the rest of the game again with like the rest of the game is literally click, listen, click, watch, and yeah. this one was like, hey, now there's <laughs> controls and gameplay there's and an objective. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, the I, weirdest one for me that I like didn't understand it wasn't effective for me, and it started off really like I was like, ooh, this is gonna be like a pretty interesting or powerful scene or like meaningful one. Is there's like this giant um stair like circle stairwell down to i think it's like a ct or mri machine i don't know and um he's he's like sitting on it joel is sitting on it and Mm -hmm. um he's like i want to show you my like favorite game or something like that and he's like Mm -hmm. i can roar like a lion or something like that and then he just like takes out this ball and then everything like goes black and then he kind of like floats above this ball and then there's all these like uh um what are what is it called star constellations signs. constellations yeah of different kinds of animals and you can like mouse over the different constellation and you see him like start to ride any animal you mouse over mm. and it's like playing like some like happy music and um i didn't really understand it and i don't know if there was something that i was doing wrong but it took forever to get to af- like the next section for that and like it was one of the moments that I just kind of like took me out of it where I'm like I'm just frustrated because I don't know what the game wants me to do right now <laughs> and I don't know yeah I don't know if it's because I don't know what I'm doing or they want me to sit here and watch Joel ride these animals and whenever you click it it flips yeah I I definitely had the pretty much the exact same experience where I, I went into that scene and I was kind of excited to see what they were going to do and then even when he was like I thought I just had to find the right combination of like star animals running in a circle that he would ride. Um, yeah. But I feel like I never did. The scene just sort of ended with me still trying to figure it out. And mm-hmm. I wonder if there was maybe like a Hardenheimer where they're like, all right, well, at this point, that's when the scene cuts out. Or if I magically stumbled upon it and didn't realize. But yeah, I, I also, again, that was that was another moment where I didn't really get it, which is kind of like a, a shame because it sours that scene of the game for me and that set piece where it was kind of like, you know, a straight staircase down in a Coliseum type setting where there's just, you know, Joel and that MRI machine in the middle by himself. That was like a really powerful yeah, image. Exactly. Just I really like that, that image specifically, but like when I got there, <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, yeah, I, I really do wonder if there's just something we're missing on that or... Yeah. I wonder if that's maybe something that was more personal to Joel that we didn't get in the game that maybe yeah. either didn't make the cut. Or... Well, they showed it in the documentary, but they didn't yeah. say anything around it. They just kind of showed no. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Again, don't really get it. Mm-hmm. So the much. other one, the other one. Here, I'll give I'll give a positive one and then another one. Uh, I really, <laughs> I actually like talking about these. These are probably. This, I think this is my favorite part of the game. Is like you know the different scenes and like. Talking yeah. about the metaphors and breaking them down. I mean, that's, like, that's mm-hmm. basically what it was. It was yeah. just a series of short, almost vignette-style scenes. Mm-hmm. I I really liked, the, I mentioned it earlier, the, the Joel the Baby Knight scene. Um, mm-hmm. That was a really, really cool um, moment for the game of them making up this story 
for the other kids, uh, Isaac and friends. <laughs> All the Isaacs. Damn it. <laughs> um, and uh, they they just kind of break down. That's like uh, Caleb. Caleb was one of them. Caleb. Yes, one of them was Caleb. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. <laughs> and uh, so they were breaking down this story of like, well, uh, you know, Joel goes into battle and he's got armor. And then one of the kids asks, well, he's just a baby. You know, he can't fight a dragon. And, like, they start to mention, like, oh, he has the power of faith. And he has, mm-hmm. the, you know, like, armor and a spear and everything like that. And as the as he says those things, you actually get little abilities in this kind of mini platformer. And um, the art style is charming. It's kind of like some of the enemies are, like, drawn, like, by a kid with crayon and, like... um the dragon's like kind of fearsome and uh in the end like you know if you, you can you lose as joel and then one of them mentions like well what about i'm just gonna say like greg from church you know it's he tim. had I'm cancer sure it's tim tim oh yeah that's right yeah what about tim from church you know he had and they're they're pretty much like yeah he you know he could escape a while to you know get some rest but eventually he had to come back and he's gonna you know fight it too and yeah. that was like and then later, I think what, what more affected me with that is later you go into the bathroom in like a much later scene and uh, and there's an arcade cabinet in there and it says, you know, like Joel the baby knight and he's like holding up a sword, but it says like lives and it's like flickering between zero, one and two. And anytime you click it, it goes meh, meh, like like you can't proceed. That was really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they did a very good job with that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it was. It definitely got across the point that it was trying to to get across, and it did kind of draw me in. I was a little irked because you know I was like, "All right, I actually understand the gameplay aspects in this one. Let me kill the fucking dragon. Like, yeah. it's, its HP is pretty low. Like, yeah. I can do this. I've platformed before." Yeah. Um. But again, that you know that was the whole point of that sequence was you know it's it's impossible to you know to fight this, and you're kind of dealing with the inevitability of what could be you know this this monster that can't be stopped regardless, and um the drawing in of faith to that whole thing because the family is, you know, deeply religious and the game gets mm-hmm. very religious and at the latter half of it. So that is definitely something that um metaphorically they did a really good job of of showing yeah. through this this arcade style scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had one more you wanted to talk about which oh. I'm assuming was the kart racing one. Yeah. Uh you know what? So we originally when I originally finished the game I talked to Alex, and we try not to talk about a whole lot so we can be as organic as possible with these conversations. But I'm like, what was with this kart racing section? And after a while, I thought about it, and I'm like, I guess it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But I still think it was so bizarre and just took me so far out of everything. It's like, so you're playing as Amy, I think, at the time. Like, you're just kind of like sort of her, like, weird because your like player character is everyone else um and uh and she's pretty much talking about like everyone at the the hospital gets like a done with treatment party and she's kind of like oh yeah i mean i hope he gets what what's the issue there or what was the the conversation is was so, it that she was hoping that he gets one or that so he never the... will yeah, it, it it was like a voice message that you get. You get a couple. Oh, of throughout never it. mind. And, and she okay. she talks about like how at the place where Joel is currently staying, they have like a end of treatment party and everything's yeah. like happy off therapy day to you, and it's like a big party. And then she kind of 
breaks down saying that it happened today, but it happens all the time. But she was just really sad because she knows Joel wasn't going to get one okay. of those, and she just really wants one. And that I actually that scene was I think the first time in the game where it like like really powerfully affected me. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. That I like I actually felt a little bit of, a little bit of something from that. Um, but oh, Lupa's fucking heartless bastard. I was like half in tears <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty sad. I, anyways, <laughs> that's just that's just gonna go down a bad road. <laughs> yeah, no, I gotcha. Um, but directly after, there's like this, there's this like red wagon with like a little flag on it, and Joel's sitting in it. And then you like walk up to it and click it, and then it just starts this like three, two, one, go, and you're like racing around the hallways of the hospital in like a circle. And you're picking up these mm-hmm. little like red and green blobs, and it's like this really happy, cheery music. And just keep in mind, it was right after that voicemail that Alex just talked about. <laughs> like yeah. almost immediately after. There was no like kind of like transition to get me, you know, get me out of that mood, but um which I think is makes it like it makes a little bit more sense now that I think about it to um to have that transition be so uh strong between the two scenes and uh mm-hmm. So, and then in the end, it, like, shows your, like, quote-unquote score, and then everything you picked up is, like, a kind of, like, a negative medical thing. It's like, you got three more scans and this problem and now this problem, and then you just mm-hmm. kind of, like, crash into another scene. Yeah. Um. That definitely, the first time going through it, I was like, I don't, I'm confused, but okay, I guess. Yeah, um, it felt like a it weird was, art house thing. Yeah, I didn't quite get it. I will say, after watching the documentary, um, there was a very short scene in the documentary. I don't know if you caught it, where mm-hmm. they were like walking around one of the hospitals that Joel was staying in, and they had like built him a red wagon cart that he was being dragged around in with by like one of his brothers, and yeah. it was basically that cart and that kind of added some more significance to that scene for me, mm-hmm. knowing that like, oh yeah, that's actually like how he like that that's what he was in sometimes when he was in that hospital like moving around so yeah. it, it made it a little stronger maybe seeing it from like joel's point of view was like hey this is you know we're going from place to place in this like wagon and it's kind of like a fun little racing thing but in reality it was actually something really dark where you were just going from horrible thing to horrible thing but yeah i don't know that it 100 percent landed in the moment yeah definitely i just not. have <laughs> much less of an issue with it in retrospect than i did in the moment yeah, in the moment, it it definitely like I was kind of upset. Like I'm not upset, upset, but I was like, this is this is kind of dumb. <laughs> but you know, now that I've taken some time to walk away from it, it doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. So that's yeah. I I would agree with that. I would say those are kind of the major points where it steps outside what it is originally trying to do. There's obviously some like dreamy sequences throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot more, you know, but... especially involving like the ending and. Mm-hmm. The scene where you're like a bird flying from thing to thing, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. really good, we'll get to those, <laughs> um, yeah, really good work with like drowning throughout the game that oh, I yeah. think is actually just masterfully well done. Mm. But did you, um, did you, I'm going, uh, did you like the, um, there's like these freeze frames where Ryan talks and you can just kind of like almost like you're just kind of observing a model and it's just him like in the water and you can just kind of see him like in a freeze frame struggle position. And then he, like, slowly goes to a fetal position, like, as you, like, 
hit more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really liked those. Those but were I really liked, cool. Those happened at the same time as like the uh, a sequence where you're flying around as a bird, reading yeah. like a bunch of different letters and watching scenes. And I I loved that whole sequence. Really. Uh, I was I was super digging that sequence. Interesting, because I was very bored that whole time. Really, you didn't like it? I didn't really like it all that much. I oh, felt like man, did you read the letters? Yeah, I mean, okay. So here's the thing: is I think the letters, all the letters, were like well written and well like voice acted when you you know you went over them, but it just it took me a lot away from the fact that it was this like game kind of and it i don't know it just i kind of got bored during it and i think mm. it may have been because i read every single letter um just because i wanted to make sure i had all mm. my bases covered with you know the knowledge of the story and everything like that if i was yeah. playing this outside of the podcast i probably would have skipped a lot of them and wouldn't have had such a problem with it um mm. but it just it just felt like it took way too long did you I'm I'm curious, did you do this all in one playthrough? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like if I would have taken a break in between it, I probably would have enjoyed it more. But it was on the tail end of the game where I was kind of starting to like get a little like bored with it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I didn't like it. But I think all I, the letters I, were great in the sense of so, like how they were written, but the gameplay of like going from letter to letter as a as a pelican or whatever not a pelican yeah so to to set the scene for 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 everyone you you know this comes right out of another scene and then you are kind of you you basically are this bird and you fly from point to point and each of these points are surrounded by little floating bottles which have letters in them which you can read um, which are usually from either directly from amy or they're from other people who i was not able to find out if they were real letters or not yeah um, unfortunately but you know other people whose children have gone through this other children um their actual writing and then kind of in between each of those are big platforms where you can get um a sequence specifically of like hey this is you know a short scene you can just hear audio of like the greens going about their life you know when they're talking about moving to California for this treatment when they're, you know, in a car, when they're doing this or that. And then also interspersed with that are, you know, scenes of Amy and Ryan interacting and like their differences with how they're handling it and how their faith is coming into play with everything. And I, I think part of what really got me in that scene was the contrast between those two things where you are, you know, sitting and reading someone's very personal letter that they wrote, you know, either, you know, they didn't write for anyone or they wrote, you know, specifically for one other person and then flying into the scene, which tended to have a completely different feel from that. And then you um, this is kind of the point when the game got very religious in my eyes. Yeah. Um, uh, the letters start to reference their faith and God and, you know, how they think that's going to play with everything. And I, I really liked the um, kind of progression of how. You know, Amy dealt with it with her face versus how Ryan dealt with it. Um, and, you know, she kind of leaned into it. He almost leaned away from it for a little while. Mm-hmm. And there was, I thought, really interesting stuff there. And this, uh, one of the letters, uh, the there was a letter from a mother to a game developer. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm, I might. It was like a mother talking about her daughter who had cancer and was always unhappy. And then she started playing this game and doing all the things that she couldn't do in real life in the game. And 
than the response from the game developer. And that was the second point in this game when I mm-hmm. teared up because I was like, all right, that's just like, I don't know if that's true or not, but that scene was just like, those letters were just too much for me mm-hmm. at the moment. So I thought that was really good. And then I just, I thought it was a really, really cool story arc. Like, I, I agree that the gameplay elements there were not exciting because they were literally just click on this point, go there, scene yeah. sort of changes, read things. But I was very, very much into understanding how these characters tried to deal with um, the loss of their children or mm-hmm. the, you know, impending loss or, you know, how they're... You know, was their faith helping them versus was their faith hurting them? So I, I thought the scene was actually really, 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 really crucial. And also, mm-hmm. I just enjoyed it a whole lot. I wouldn't say it was my favorite scene or anything, but it was. I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting that we had such different so views on that particular sequence. Here's my thought about it. Is I think that all of those themes in there are really good. And I think if they would have spread them out a little bit more and like maybe you would have found a couple of them like in a very like because I don't want you like I don't think you should be like finding them throughout the whole game like as like a collectible Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I would like to see kind of a version of it where you find those letters like in like a maybe like a half hour to 45 minute stretch of the game while you're also doing like kind of like other metaphorical situations maybe it wouldn't work but i would like to see it tried because it almost just felt like a like a letter overload where like where it was just so much of that kind of stuff that it might have diluted it a little bit for me hmm i i guess it's possible i mean i i can see where you are coming from with that even if i didn't necessarily feel the same way going through it but that's fair uh, the scene directly prior to that, I know at this point we're just like talking about various scenes in the game. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, it's I not the most interesting <laughs> But yeah, the the scenes, the scene directly before that, I think was the best scene in the whole game, though. By uh, I would say a landslide. Which one is that? That was the scene in the doctor's office with the the doctor oh! and the hospice care lady. Yeah, um, yeah, that one's really good. Um, yeah. Do you want to? You want to you want to give like a little summary of it or yeah so that scene is uh, it opens with you as Joel with kind of a what are those toys even called <laughs> a, I don't know what those toys speak. are called speaking something yeah something like that you like pull the lever and then it spins in a circle and it's like the cow says moo can we and then... did you did you like spin the same animal a lot because if you like yeah, keep spinning you the had same to animal, I think no you don't you can do different ones you can click. I mean I I. I did all four of them, but okay. then like you have to do, you have to spin it a certain number of times to progress oh, the scene. Okay. So you do get the same one a bunch of times, regardless. Mm, okay, but uh, I guess <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is because they say some really weird things in those. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it, but I remember it being like, "All right, this is getting bizarre." <laughs> one of them was like, "The farmer plays chess with the horse. He wins. <laughs> Checkmate." <laughs> <laughs> It was really bizarre. Yeah. Uh, one of them was like it. about like eating pigs and like it was like the pig gets ready for slaughter or something like that. It was really bizarre. Oh, I did not get that one. Yeah. yeah so that that happens. That's the beginning of that scene. <laughs> um, and then it kind of changes away from Joel's perspective a little mm-hmm. bit, and the four animals become the faces of the four adults in the room. So Ryan, Amy, the doctor who's been working with Joel, and then the 
lady who works with the doctor who i'm assuming works with like hospice care i'm not really sure but um, i clicked on her a couple oh well keep going (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but basically yeah what happens then is you just you choose someone's point of view and spin it and then it goes into a short conversation that like everyone is having overlaid with that person's thoughts and like how they're trying to deal with it and you keep doing that and over time you know the room starts to rain and fill with water further and further and further until everyone is kind of like underwater and that's where you get the whole like drowning metaphor and then you get on a boat and like float toward a painting which got a little weird but was fine yeah um, but <laughs> you, i just like you're on like this like rowboat with joel and he's just yeah. kind of chilling there <laughs> but um like that that was i think the other like strongest moment in the game was specifically um the first one i did was ryan and they were talking like you know the doctor was talking about whether or not you know the the size of the tumor and the location and the number of it and all that and overlaid with the doctor talking about all those things are ryan's thoughts of like oh god oh god oh god you know it's just it's all about the size it's all about the size you know if it's not that big it doesn't matter and then the doctor said like unfortunately you know size isn't important in this case and you just get like his internal monologue of breaking down and trying to keep it Mm -hmm. together and it was just really really powerful yeah that's interesting because i did the doctor first and the whole time he thinks like he was thinking uh it doesn't matter about the size. Why do they always ask about the size? I wish, you know, mm. like, you know, I wish I could tell them something positive. Um, yeah. You know, if I, if I, I hate to tell them that they're like wrong about the size, but you know, I can't. <laughs> yep. Yep. Doctor also has a really good thing where he talks about, you know, um, they're going to ask for like a time estimate and I don't want to like misestimate it. And mm-hmm. You know, but I don't want to take away hope. But sometimes hope is a bad thing because it you know makes them want something that won't happen. And right, and yeah. So that. that's... And I I thought the doctor was really interesting. Yeah, the doctor, the the um the I would just call her physicians, or maybe she's part of the hospice care. I don't know what she was, but anyway, she was. Her thoughts were kind of like, eh. I, I listened yeah. to some of them. They were very like they were kind of boring. They were they were just pretty much just feeling sympathy for the family, which I mean, mm-hmm. legitimate thoughts, but you know, not interesting compared comparatively to the other three right yeah yeah there's also a line for amy that i stuck with me but was also kind of the only time it was mentioned in the whole game yeah Um, it was like revealed that she's pregnant and then Mm -hmm. she had the replacement the yeah the line that like i don't want a replacement baby and joel has to live because if he doesn't live i won't love this baby as much as i should yeah and i was like fuck that's a really harsh line yeah that was super damn deep. i that that did get me that was like one of the one of the only ones that actually i was like that is a that's a very like deep thing i've never thought about like being pregnant while your current like youngest is is dying i was like that's that's hard because there would be no way that uh someone like deep in you know in their mind would think that's a rip you know like they were sad mm-hmm. about it so they got you know they ended up replacing them but that's not even true in that sense so yeah, yeah it was, that's tough that, that that was a really good line i that one was that was rough mm-hmm. yeah but yeah just generally that scene i i don't know how you felt about it i know it, like it was one of my definitely favorites. the strongest scene in the game yeah it was but. definitely one of my favorites the 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 title pops up on every scene on the bottom left of like the chapter and this chapter's name was it's not good and i was like yikes <laughs> it's sorry yeah. but it's not good um yeah <laughs> so i i had roughly the same reaction of oh 
fuck. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be this scene. Yep. Awesome. That was tough. But I did think it was... I, I This was something I was thinking about when I was going through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't know how I would have felt differently. But do you do you kind of think your experience was in one way or another affected? Like, do you think you would have had a different experience if you had played this game without knowing, like the backstory of it, like, without knowing the Joel would die at the end, like, um, do you think you would have felt differently going through it? Because that was, like, at one point, I was like, man, it's been a while, like, is, like, they keep talking about things getting slightly better, does Joel actually live? Did I have this backwards? I'm pretty sure he dies, but I'm not 100% positive. Yeah, that's interesting. I think, you know, actually, I think it would have been a more interesting, um, interesting tale if I would have not have known uh, between the two um yeah i think um the main the main thing about knowing because i don't think the ending is like either if you were to live or die i think mm-hmm. you know the the whole gameplay leading up to the ending wouldn't really change my opinion on it but totally. i do think it would make it a little bit more interesting you know mm-hmm. yeah i i'm not sure how i feel about that i think i like the fact that i knew that he was going to die at the end because it added gravitas to those scenes where they were like talking about those things and it added like a significant amount of um like punch to the scenes where they were talking about how like early on when you know one of the first messages you hear is amy talking about like oh the doctors think he's throwing up because he's got acid reflux now Mm -hmm. um like oh well <laughs> Fuck guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. definitely that's hmm. I haven't th- I haven't taken some time to think about that one. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, that's just something that popped into my head as I was playing through it, but Right. Yeah. Um what did you think about the art style? Like uh, just so so I'll explain it briefly before I ask. Uh so mm-hmm. this is like a very minimalist 3D art style. Um it's very polyhedral. Not not too many faces on polygons uh the characters same kind of style um and they are um they're kind of faceless in this weird way where they have like eyebrows hair and if they have like glasses or anything like that they have those but like joel is just like kind of like this blank face and um i I think part of it is just like they do touch up on it in the documentary um talking about how it would be kind of weird to have them their faces like that and they didn't kind of want to create facial expressions because they probably would have ended up looking disconnected which i think is like an amazing like amazingly good choice on their part and uh if it was done correctly though do you think like having facial expressions available would like hurt or help the game given the rest of the art style mm-hmm. i think it would have hurt the game yeah i think the style they're going for there's no way to do facial expressions and have it like add depth yeah personally i think that but yeah i, I can agree with you on that yeah generally speaking i just thought the i i really i don't know how you felt about it mm-hmm. but i really enjoyed the art style of the game yeah. i think it was it was a good fit for what it was definitely trying to do yeah I can I can I can agree with you on that. There were some points where I was just I was a little like this could look a lot better, you know, uh, with like just certain like scenes of the different places uh, 
especially in like the home or hospital or sections like that but there were some very like uh, some like screenshots i could have taken that make the minimalist art style look fantastic like mm-hmm. there were especially like um the last scene the second to last scene temple of god um that looked really good there was some really cool lighting effects on that one like we were talking about earlier the mri machine um and this like huge coliseum um some of the outdoor effects were kind of cool but um a lot of it was 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 pretty was pretty good for the most part and i agree with you it, it really only works for what it was trying to do and mm-hmm. I think if you showed that art style to anyone who didn't know what the game was about, um, they probably would have said it looked bad. You know what I mean? Um, it's definitely possible. Um, I mean, that's kind of it, my opinion I had on it before I played it of just like my very like first base thought of the appearance of it. I'm like, this kind of looks bad. But, you know, that I looked more into it and I'm like, oh, it makes sense why it looks like this. Yeah. And I think it really it helped take a lot of the edge off um, when transitioning between the scenes that were kind of like based in reality and then Mm -hmm. the scenes that quickly morphed into like dream sequences because that art style lent itself to that so easily. Yeah. So I do think it was very effective in that regard as well. Outside of being, again, I, that first scene you're like in a park and feeding ducks and, you know, walking through a playground and I thought it looked really pretty that whole time. I was was very happy with it. Yeah. No, it looked okay. Is yeah. it just okay? I wasn't yeah. too into it. It was alright. Uh, that's fair. I liked it, but yeah. I'm not, you know... <laughs> I, I, I have, I think, less of an opinion about the art styles of games, generally speaking, than you do as well. Yeah, probably. But I think Which, anyone can be like, I don't like the look of this game, or I like the look yeah, of this game. Yeah, totally. So. I mean, 100%. is I. The minimalist style is something that has always worked really well on me, but also I've only seen a couple of games really do it. So yeah, it's something I, I have not. Nail. I don't have much to contrast it with. Yeah, I know? mean, I don't. I typically really don't like that minimalist art style. So for mm-hmm. me to actually like this is means it. You know, it's pretty pretty good for for in like my opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I wanted to. I I totally forgot what we were kind of like talking about scenes that didn't didn't work. And I wanted to to talk about this one is when um it's Ryan and Joel alone in the um in his like patient room and mm-hmm. he won't stop crying and he's like having like this mental breakdown of how he just wants peace and he just wants you know everything to he you know for him to rest and to calm down and he doesn't know how to do it and you know like he's offering him like juice he doesn't know if he's thirsty just this kind of like hot rush of like not knowing what to do and just being so tired and like that and just the whole time while ryan's talking joel is crying and then he says like don't don't put don't hit your head against the bar like don't Mm. please stop doing that and um you know i wish i could communicate with you and know what you're thinking and like that scene was the, the the my most like Oh God, this is really sad. Um, because I can't imagine uh being in a situation. Like, I get stressed out around babies just in general. Like if I hear a baby <laughs> cry, I just start stressing out and just like I don't know what to do. It's not even my baby, <laughs> so <laughs> I um, can just walk away. <laughs> I just, yeah. So I would not know what to do in that situation, and it just like kind of it affected me a little bit deeper. Deeper of 
being more in Ryan's shoes instead of kind of being this weird outside perspective um, mm-hmm. and having to experience what he experienced in the sense of hearing, well, you know, as much as I can experience what he experienced in the sense of hearing that, you know, hearing the cries and, you know, imagining him hitting himself like that. And that just like that, you know, it was pretty, it was a good scene. And it was weird that they, not weird, that was the totally wrong one for it. It was a good idea that they did not have um, Joel's, like, player model inside the crib the whole time that he was, like, crying and, you know, doing those doing mm. those upsetting things. Because I think it would have either looked weird, kind of like, it, you know, if you would have just been staring at him and not kind of, like, observing the room around you. Or it, it probably would have hurt him to have to animate something like that, too. Yeah. I uh, that scene was really interesting to me mm-hmm. because I found it to be very powerful and and what you were saying that, that but it also like I I hate to use the word but it, it like triggered something in me where I just didn't really know like it it was so annoying not like oh this like I don't want to have to deal with this but like the combination of this baby constantly crying which was putting me on edge combined with the not knowing what to do in the scene because Ryan didn't know what to do. So you're like going around clicking on things, trying to figure it out, but there's not really a solution to everything. Like something in it just put me in a really agitated state. And I think that's really impressive of the game to do. Like it, it gets you into that mindset significantly more than if I were just to be watching that scene in a movie, or if I were just to be like reading about that in a book, like it, it, I think that was a very clever use of game mechanics to accentuate the rest of the scene. Um, yeah, and that's maybe more I mean, so than the rest of the game. Yeah, and that's why I love it. Is is it through its mechanics, it made me feel something like that, while also having the real life thing in my face as well. Because it's like a game can bring me stress like that and not knowing what to do, but I have no, you know back feelings to compare it to as like a metaphor for that and giving Mm -hmm. me both of those is really cool because they didn't just give me one or the other they gave me both which is like one of my i wish the whole game was kind of like that but it you know obviously it can't be yeah so that i i would definitely agree that was i had actually sort of forgotten about that scene Mm -hmm. until you mentioned it just now and like how how good it was at conveying what it wanted to do yep for sure I did want to ask this because this was something that I went I went through um, mm-hmm. the whole game not really understanding. Do you think the game conveyed a sense of time very well? Did you understand the timeline of what was happening through the game mm-hmm. um, or not? I think – so I understood the progression of events. Like I understood that he's, you know, he's diagnosed – He's not doing well. He's doing a little bit better. Oh, he's not doing well. He's going to die. Like those were, those are like the main key points in the timeline. And I understood Mm. those perfectly well. But as far as like when it happened at what age, no idea. I just, all I knew is that these were the events that took place. Um, Yeah. And then there were some like deeper ones. Like, like there was like, I I mean, after watching the documentary, it kind of cleared it up for me. So that, you know, it's kind of unfair for me to, you know, say that I got it um, because I only got it because watching the documentary. So beforehand, 
I, there were some specific scenes that I didn't really understand when or why it happened. Like, um, like the church scene at the end with the piano keys and the candles, which I, mm-hmm. I want to talk about later too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that one, I did not know when that was supposed to be. I didn't know if that was post death before death, you know, it didn't make much sense to me, uh, as to when that was. But like I said, after watching the documentary, I understood when it was. Um, yeah. So I almost do think the documentary is kind of like should be like a precursor to, to playing yeah, the game. I, I, <laughs> I don't know that I think it should necessarily be a precursor, but I do think it's it's a good companion one way or another. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, what did you What did you think about it? But you can also yeah, talk about the, that. Yeah. I mean, my my issue with the time thing um, was I didn't really un- like. I, again, I understood like you were saying the sequence of events. Um, in in terms of like diagnosing things get you know up and down, and then you know unfortunately he passes away at the end. But what I didn't realize was the length of time that that happened over. Like, I didn't realize that he was, you know, diagnosed and given a short time to live and then lived and then it got worse. And then, like, miraculously, he lived again. And, like, the entire span of it was over the course of four years. And, like, I didn't realize how long he had been kind of making Oh, like teetering? Okay. Yeah. And I think the reason that would have been more important to know is... In that in that latter half of the game, the parents really, um, Amy specifically, really latches on to the idea of um, he'll pull through this. We'll get a miracle. Like I know he'll live, mm-hmm. and, and that you know when I was going through it, the, like initially without understanding the timeline, I I got where she was coming from, and you know the the mentality of staying positive and having faith and all that. But it really it struck me as much more powerful when it seemed to be, Hey, this is something that we've dealt with and he's always come back from it, you know, year after year. I'm sure he'll live again this time compared to I'm hoping for this for the first time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's important. Um, I never really thought of it like that in my mind. It was just kind of like, yeah, these events all took place. But now that I think about it, knowing like how long and far in between the events took place probably would have been a lot more helpful. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really think like a date that splashes on the screen would be super effective. Um, no, but it would be kind of nice if they threw in something that was like, it's been four months since X happened. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. obviously not that heavy handed and bad, but, you know. Yeah. And like during the cart racing scene, it has a date in the corner that's kind of displayed as if it's a time. But it's like a date in 2010, which is when he was, I think, first diagnosed in, in that, that oh, particular hospital. Um, so I was like, oh, that's cool. But then, you know, I assumed by the end of the game that he died in like 2011 or something, but I think it was 2015, yeah. 2015 or 2014. Um, so yeah, I, I, that was, that was just something that I, after the fact, I was like, oh, that really clarifies a lot of things for me mm-hmm. when I was both reading the, the short blog and then also watching that documentary, which I, I do think like you mentioned should probably be a, a companion to this piece you should really check that out to get more of an um idea of the game as well as more of i think personally more of i think an effect from the game yeah i do think it would i to be quite honest i think it would be better to watch beforehand um only because they don't show a lot of the game in there like they show some of it but i mean you're gonna see about as much as you would see watching a trailer um, yeah and i think and a lot of what they show is like scenes in progress that ended up not in the game yeah that's true which was kind of disappointing there was some really like i like when i saw certain scenes i'm like oh that would have been cool but i'm sure there was reasons why what is it wouldn't be in there 
But yeah, speaking of the documentary, do you think that changed how you felt about the game in general? Or did it just kind of, you know, did it clarify some things? You know, what did you think about it as a, we, you know, we don't usually criticize films here, but, you know, what did you think of it as a whole? Well, I don't watch a ton of documentaries, mm-hmm. so it's hard to, you know, well, I mean, even if you don't exactly or do, what like, I got. did you enjoy your time watching? Well, <laughs> so, you know enjoy, I mean? no, no, I distinctly did not enjoy my time watching it. Yeah. Um, I I think it was good. I think it was there. There's something about a documentary style like that which is always kind of odd to me, which is like how frequently you get these moments that look like they should be really. Um, like somber, intimate family moments, but they're being recorded. So you know, there's somebody else there with a camera, and yeah. like that's kind of hard to. to I, I don't really know exactly what I'm trying. It's it's hard, kind of hard to get past that and really appreciate the moment, as opposed to if you were just watching it in like an actual movie or something. Yeah. Um. Well, but I do think mm-hmm. it was that like finding out that all the lines were were voice acted was like, oh, I mean, that's fine or whatever. But then actually seeing the the people, you know, the children and the parents acting out those lines and, you know, seeing their emotional reactions to going through these lines over and over again. Yeah. Um, that, I think, really made it land significantly more. And also, um, just all the scenes where you actually get to see Joel and, like, hear him laugh and, you know, watch him as he moves around and all of that um, really got me significantly more engaged with the characters it really made me consider things more than i had before watching the documentary yeah Um, so i i i I would i would recommend it to anyone who plays the game for sure yeah so i i'm gonna also agree with the the end part of saying definitely if, if you're gonna play the game i'd watch the documentary but i think as a whole like to just watch it um it was more just informative for me as to like showing me clips of the uh you know of joel and of the development process and i agree with alex in the sense that you know the uh (coughs) excuse me uh seeing the the, like the voice recording and everything like that was uh was really effective but i do kind of feel like there was a lot of like unnecessary uh like development process viewing that was like kind of i feel like it was kind of acted out but i'm not sure um it just i don't know it just didn't feel that great to me to watch where i was like this isn't really interesting to me at all where they're like working out scenes in the game and they're like yeah i think that would work i think that would work it's just kind of like eh. <laughs> well it didn't really feel like mm-hmm. it was worth watching but um there were some moments in there that i really did enjoy and it just it was more of like a like a clarification for me for the questions i had about the game and the yeah. family in general. I mean, it, it definitely, it did that. And I, I agree that a lot of the scenes where like him and his wife were talking about, Oh, I want to do this in the game was, um, I didn't think they were necessarily like unnecessary, but I, I, it was the same thing where I'm like, I don't know if this is genuine and if it's <laughs> not genuine, I don't really like it. Yeah. But if it is genuine, that's great. Like this is an interesting scene. It's just really hard to tell with documentaries, but uh, I mean, when I was, I think I texted you while I was watching it and was like, yeah, this is making me like viscerally uncomfortable. And I was referring primarily to like all the different scenes of like little 
two-year-old Joel or whatever in a hospital with like tubes going in and out of his nose and like looking at it made me want to stop watching and walk away because it made me so uncomfortable Mm. Um, and I think that was what really added effect to the game uh, for me was getting that real image um, like contrasted by the the kind of like faceless one note structure of the character uh, really again like i said it, it just tied me into the character significantly more mm-hmm. and i think it made the the art style of him not really having those facial expressions to show like being unhappy mm-hmm. it, it made it all the more powerful because you get this image of joel and the only unhappiness you ever get is when he's crying and i think like one of the only times he cries you don't see him anyway i don't remember any other time he cries during the game so no you don't see him when he cries yeah, they really do make a very good characterization of him as like this kind of stalwart, happy kid in the face of everything else, and I think that's a really powerful image to use in the game. Yeah, and I mean, what makes you uncomfortable about that is, I think it's a personal thing because I'm I actually actually did not don't feel uncomfortable when I see that kind of things. Obviously, I don't, I'm not like yeah. meh, like you know, I don't feel no, nothing. It's, but I don't it's feel totally a personal thing. Um, so yeah, I can understand that more personal personal thing there there are a couple other things that are like that for me but yeah it's not a it's mm. not a, a good site but yeah, yeah. I, I also mm-hmm. yeah I, the the only other thing i wanted to kind of compliment the documentary on was the the scene where they were showing them first showing the game at at that convention oh yeah remember. and like a bunch of people would play it and then like the scenes of those people kind of tearing up and then walking up to him and hugging him afterwards and giving like words of condolences. And I was like, man, this game would have been impossibly difficult to play if the dad was standing behind me. Oh yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) If Ryan was standing behind me while I was playing the game, there's no way I couldn't enjoy anything. Cause like, you know, it's just kind of like, I'm not going to walk up to him and be like, yeah, I don't think this scene really worked (laughs) for me. Like, and, and I think there's something to be said about that, where there are a lot of critiques about this which i think are really unfair that you know um he that he's like unable to be touched about that kind of stuff because you know it's his son and stuff like that and or like you know we were reading a couple of reviews beforehand where people are like you're just monetizing your kid's death which is in- an insane Christ. accusation like uh, yeah i mean uh, uh, if you're that person who left their review fuck you yeah honestly it's you can critique it as hard as you want give it the lowest score you know it you know if it was didn't work for you it didn't work for you but like making that opinion is is pretty 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 bold bad accusation yeah Um, and it goes back to what i said at the beginning i was like this in the end this is an art piece and like if you want to pay for it that's it (laughs) um so i don't know i think I somehow, if I, because I don't think I could send this consciously to the developer and be like, I think you should listen to this because I don't, I don't know. I don't think I would want him to hear my critiques for it, even though I think they're all valid, which yeah. is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can get that, right? Like this is more than any game we have played on this podcast more than any game i have played in my personal life this is an immensely personal experience that the developer decided to share with us and like you don't want to be like hey i like i get it but i don't think this worked so just so you know the story about your like 
son who got cancer and died like i get it and it's sad but this scene really wasn't that good man like that that doesn't feel good to say but it's also like it's valid criticism if something didn't work for you like it's an art piece and like we said at the top like that doesn't take away from what this is but what this is does not free it from critique yeah and and that's a it's a weird interesting gray area where you know i'm sure ryan is a cool guy and if i like told him like man this scene didn't really work for me i don't i don't think he'd have a breakdown or anything like that but (laughs) i don't know if i could just personally do it you know what i mean like yeah, I'm sure he could like, take it because I, I'm sure he's taken a lot of things and uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident this <laughs> wouldn't be the worst thing that's happened to him. Yeah, maybe I could send this to him, but anyways, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So um, it's it is it's odd. It is odd, and I would you know we'll we'll not tweet this episode at him. I think we can agree. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's see here. Oh. This is a point that I wanted to bring up. We'll kind of combine two of them uh, about religion in this game. Uh, did so. I'll I'll be open. I do not share the same religious opinions with the Greens, and um, and going through the game, uh, the moments that religion really shined and uh, made an appearance as a theming in the game or through metaphors or through um through just general conversations Mm -hmm. they kind of didn't have a lot of effects on me and while i the so specifically parts about faith i i could relate to and like understand that's like you know i could i could relate to that on a base level but everything that you know started to kind of mention god and everything that, that when they got really deep into that i kind of lost touch with it which is mm-hmm. definitely a personal thing, and I tend yeah. to do that a lot. Um, and I don't really think that's a fair thing to do, but it really took it out for me when they they were like very heavy on like the God and what God's decisions are for everybody and everything like that. So I was kind of curious what what your opinion on it was. Did it take you out a little bit? It didn't take me out so much where I, you know, I was like, I can't, I can't even play this game because it doesn't share my <laughs> religious opinions. But like. Uh, did it affect you in any way? Yeah, so it was the religion aspect of it was interesting because it was at one time, at the same time, it did kind of put me out a little bit where I was like, all right, I'm losing the, the relation to these characters mm-hmm. when they are trying to, you know, either justify what's happened or reconcile what's happened or just find, you know, hope or peace through religion because, I get, like, you know, I also don't, I'm, I'm not religious, but I. At the same time, I thought it was so interesting. I really, there are parts of religion that I like and don't like, but specifically the part where you can try and find um, just hope and peace, where you can try and, you know, use this to build yourself back up. Uh, I, I think that is one of the best parts about a lot of religion is that people can find that sort of solace in it. And I really liked watching their journey through and struggling with it. Um, like with what was happening through the lens of religion um it was it was just weird for me because you know i i didn't know whether i was like hey this is really cool or like hey i'm almost kind of looking at this through not the lens you probably wanted me to look at this through yeah especially but it definitely changed of, i feel like a lot of amy's uh letters and stuff like that i started to get a little like i'm like eh, yeah i don't i don't totally connect with this so yeah yeah 
I, I yeah, I definitely feel the same way about that. Um, and we, you had also, you also spoken about a little bit, like, I guess we already talked about, like, you know, using religion as a support beam versus like religion as false hope. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you think the family uh, would have been able to deal with this a little bit better or worse if they were not religious. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's something that I, you know, I, I, like you said, I think we've already touched on it. And I think yeah. that was kind of the, a really interesting theme throughout the, the sequence that I liked a lot where okay. um, Amy was all like, Hey, this is, you know, this is going to be fine because of this. And Ryan's kind of rebuttal to that is, you know, his character was, was drowning and mm-hmm. kind of tossing everything away and saying like, we don't, you know, we don't know that. I don't know that he's going to be fine yeah. just because you do. And then, you know, she was, there was, I, I don't remember the actual dialogue in one scene where she was basically like, you know, drowning's not going to help anything. We have to, you know. Oh, it's because he was know, like actually drowning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he, okay. he was drowning. And then she said something about like, you know, we, you know, we can't just wallow in sorrow for Joel or something like that. I, yeah. I honestly totally forget. But then yeah, he had sure. the rebuttal of like, well, one of us has to. And I thought that was a really, really good little sequence. Yeah. I, um, that I, kind of played off that idea. I definitely connect more with Ryan in that sense. And maybe that was their the, like, kind of intention of like, we're we're giving you two very um, kind of different opinions on the outcome for Joel between um, uh, between amy and ryan and uh maybe that was like an, an intent to like have you connect with one or the other yeah i think that's that's totally possible um and regardless i, I think that they did a really good job with that for sure because like you said we we had people that are like we both kind of connected with ryan a little bit more but i i understood why amy was thinking the way she did even if i wasn't religious and i just the whole thing was super interesting to me like i i I love that scene i love the scene where they deal so much with religion and i could go on and on about it but i already have so i'm gonna stop now yeah speaking of speaking of um one of one of the last talk points i kind of wanted to talk about is the uh the the last scene one of the last scenes actually like talk about the ending too um so the two the two kind of sections before the ending was we were talking about the um the lake with the the different scenes and the the um the letters and then it transitions mm. into this like massive temple um like super bright and everything like that and you walk up these stairs and um you walk upon like a bunch of candles and a little a little piano uh, that only the has keyboard like, thing yeah. yeah it only has like one um like one octave of notes and uh you you kind of like it's kind of like a i don't really know what the game wanted me to do through watching the documentary i figured out (laughs) what i was supposed to do but i sat there for a good while and just clicked the the keys on the keyboard and every time you do it like plays like a a um a sound clip that was kind of different like one of them was like please god you know heal this boy and he's oh i forgot to mention that he's also like kind of on this giant pedestal sitting joel is sitting on a stair a chair with like a couple like different colored tubes in him i think right or it's like attached Uh, to the chair something like that yeah um Mm -hmm. and then when you click the candles it's like different people uh, either like giving their condolences or saying something and they like the fires light up in the pews above you and it, it was kind of a weird i liked it 
but it was the same thing with the um with the animal sequence that we were talking about that i just didn't know what i was supposed to do and the whole game Mm. had taught me like the game you don't need to do anything you just need to interact you know with with the scene and i was never sure i'm like do i need to be pressing specific keys or am i supposed to just sit here for an allotted amount of time you kind of have to go one way or the other with it and i feel like that was a that was kind of a weak scene where i didn't know what to do so it took me out of it a lot and i also think it was just a it was a really ended up being kind of a weird one yeah i think uh, to the scene's credit the like the actual scene and the framing was gorgeous yeah like, i definitely. really liked the way it looked and i liked what they were trying to do with it but i i felt a lot of the same way to the point where i was actually kind of just i'd been playing the game for long enough and i had gone through enough emotional highs and lows that i was actually just annoyed trying to figure yeah, it out definitely annoyed. I, like, I, I don't know i'm like i'm trying to light all the candles at once and then play every note and then yeah. some of the candles start going out and then also like the lights playing every note's just really fucking annoying yeah. because there's like too many sound clips overlaid so you couldn't even hear what they were and i it, again watching the documentary i understood what we were supposed to get out of that afterwards yeah but i it, I didn't think it got that point across. You yeah. know, something about like playing along and or fighting it and creating dissonance, but mm-hmm. there was like nothing to really play along to, as far as I know. The, the keys lit up, but I only saw the key lit up like really fast for like a like a second, and then it just went uh, away. I, I yeah, I didn't even see that. So. Yeah, it was frustrating, and the candles have nothing to do with anything. Okay, well, so. <laughs> okay, I'm, you know. Uh, again creative differences maybe i wouldn't have made those choices personally but yeah i definitely uh, i mean it it was it was a short enough scene that it didn't bother me that much but i did i was very confused and pretty annoyed at that entire scene yep same here but it looked good that's something i'll say (laughs) it looked very very good and um the last the ending is pretty much um i don't really know who's rowing the boat but you row a boat to like this island and um you kind of walk up across a couple trees and joel's sitting on a uh, picnic blanket with a bunch of pancakes and a pug and uh, (laughs) you blow some bubbles in his face and he laughs and he's like i've always wanted a dog and he like talks to you and uh he's in heaven that's i think that's the, the point they were trying to get across yeah um and that was in my opinion i really liked that ending i i enjoyed it it left me leaving the game feeling happy even though i don't you know believe that joel's you know in and in that area but i still think the whole i think the whole point of it is that's how you leave him in your heart is like you these people like to you know i'd imagine that he is in this better place now and i'm sure they you know the family doesn't believe he's on an island eating pancakes and petting a pug but that's a pretty good heaven though i wish it was my heaven dude well not a pug though i'll take some other kind of dog a dog golden retriever 10 times out of 10 but what regardless no 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 well, no, no, no we're no. not about to get into that right now okay okay, okay. About this all right give it five minutes okay fine but i do think that was a good ending um I, i'm curious as to what you thought about it I I also liked it. I I kind of echo the sentiments that you said, so I won't really expand on it too much. But I, I it did it gave you that good feeling that was so 
horribly fleeting in this yeah. game of really, really dark moments and, you know, stark realities. Uh, it felt good to just see Joel, you know, sitting there, smiling, feeding pancakes to a dog, and also talking because he doesn't really talk throughout the game mm-hmm. that much, except for in, like, dream sequences because he, you know, the the cancer messed with his brain and not, he never really developed to the point where he could speak. So it was kind of, it was nice. It, it felt good. Um, yeah, and I I think it was a good choice to end the game on that note of kind of closure and uplifting, you know, hopefulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I do like that in the documentary they do talk a lot about like um, using like everyone loving him by using him as an example, kind of like to help other people get through this. Because I don't know if this game would I don't know if I would show this game to someone who's in a similar situation. Or, like, you know, is also experiencing cancer. I don't know if it would be super effective for them. But if it would be, that's an amazing feat all on its own. Like, yeah, that leaves me to also with, like, kind of, like, a positive um, uplifting to it of, of, you know, people get movies or books that relate to their current situations. Um, and I think having a game that relates to, you know, your situation and you can have compassion for is, is just as just as good of a thing and makes me happy that it exists. Yeah, a hundred percent agreed. I, the game is, I you know I don't want to lend it too much gravitas without really thinking about it too much. But I think it's important that a game like this does exist. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm very happy that it ended up being what it was. Because going into this game, I think you and I were both kind of like maybe a little tepid on. Oh, I hope this game doesn't just you know throw in the towel because it knows that it'll be emotionally really powerful no matter what it does i think they actually did something with it and i think it came across and was ended up being really powerful um not just because it's about this true story but because they did really good things with the game yeah and even if it wasn't based on a true story i still think it would have been powerful um but that being said you know i (laughs) I didn't enjoy my time with it, like, <laughs> and who would? <laughs> and that, and I feel like that makes it not as easy to, like, recommend to people or, like, I wouldn't tell my friend to play this game. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't not tell them to either. You know what I mean? It's this weird yeah. kind of middle point um, because it's such a somber title and, like, it's, it's, it's a lot to take in and it's such a non-game and everything like that that it, I guess I want to give it its praise, but also say that like, man, it was a not a game I would play or would not regret playing in the end. Like if I never had to play this game, eh, I I would be okay with that. But (laughs) also like, I'm glad it exists. Yeah. It's a game that I would recommend with, a lot of caveats and it's a game that i would not recommend someone you know someone said what is it i wouldn't say oh just play it you'll like it i would yeah (laughs) explain like hey this is what you'll be getting yourself into you know it's important with with this game i think specifically to know that beforehand um and you know i again i i want to stress this like i i am not sure how much more or less powerful this game would be if we were like parents and especially if we were parents of sick children like yeah that might change the game entirely definitely you know so i 
I don't claim to speak from that point of view. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I can't imagine how much more powerful some of those scenes could have been. But speaking as, you know, a 24-year-old single male with no children, it was still a really powerful game. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, it gets props for that, regardless of whether or not I enjoyed my time with it. Truth, truth, truth. Um, that's going to close it, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, that was good. That was fun. I, I, yeah. I, had a, I had a more enjoyable time talking about that than I thought I would be. Yeah, I think this is one of those games where it really lends itself to being talked about a lot and and seeing other people's opinions and what was effective for them and what wasn't effective for them, I think is incredibly interesting because obviously with something that's deeply emotional, it's not going to be the same for everyone. Yeah, exactly. I think that's really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that was um, was was the first episode of season two. I mean, Mean Bean Machine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you skip to the end. That was a wicked long episode on Mean Bean Machine. We were yeah, only man, expecting I really think... 10 minutes out of that. I know. And surprisingly, the whole time we were just talking about arms. We didn't even get to the other characters. Oh, my God. We'll have to do other episodes on different characters. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, so next two weeks from now, we are tentatively going to be doing the total opposite of that dragon cancer. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we will be doing a deep dive into the 2016 remake of Doom. Oh. Which... Oh, wait. You know... 2016? Not Yeah, not not the original one, Duncan. Fuck! I bought the original one and I beat it! Now I... Oh, oh man! <laughs> You're probably out 25 cents! Oh, that sucks! <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be trying to play that game. It's loosely based on me because Alex has beaten it. I haven't. I mean, I've I've restarted it, and you haven't beaten it yet. So, like, maybe you know, catch up, son. Well, what's up? <laughs> I recently gave up on Darkest Dungeon, so maybe I'll maybe I'll All give right. another whack well, at it. Now you got plenty of time. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's that's gonna do it for this week's episode of hey. Thoughts from Player One. Um, Hit us up on that email if you want to. You can send us a message. Right. What's at Thoughts from Player? <laughs> Thoughts from player one at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> I was come the, on, Duncan. I always it's get just the, the name of the podcast. I always get the Twitter and the uh, Twitter is at thoughts from P one and mm-hmm. um, and we don't have a YouTube or a Facebook. That's it. No, that's can, all our social media. We, we get should this. get a Snapchat. That's what we should do. <gasps> we should get a Snapchat and just oh, like yeah, and just post pictures of the games we're playing <laughs> and like also hot memes. You know. <gasps> memes i promised i would post some hot memes on twitter i think it was on the fire you have not episode. done that yet i know i'm going to start doing it though but i you know, would appreciate if it. you listen to it if you want to give us your opinion totally totally something i would recommend doing it would help us out a lot mm-hmm. so with that i will uh i will say the magical phrase that ends all episodes well we gotta we, we, we gotta close out with our names first what we got. We always close out with our names, you know. Like I always say, I'm Alex. Yeah, and uh, I'm Duncan. It's how you do a sign off. Don't get like disappointed. Yeah, I'm Duncan. Work. Okay, okay. All right. <sighs> Thanks for doing business with you. It was great. It was <laughs> good business. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a weird way to end such a sad episode. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe we get a new season two catchphrase. Maybe, maybe that's what we do. You know what? I think we do. You want to workshop it? No, I want you to give it to me right now. And that's all the beans in the pot, boys. I can't even begin to describe (laughs) 
how much I love it. And that's all the beans in the pot, boys. <laughs> we'll catch you in two weeks. See you guys. I love it so much.